0: Tape from New Jersey, it's the SNL Nerds, the show where two comics from New Jersey nerd out about Saturday Night Live. I'm your co-host, Darren Patterson. And I'm your co-host, John Trumbull. John, how, how's, the, how's the apocalypse treating you? Uh,
1: you know, doing okay. I think uh, slightly fewer things were on fire this week than the week before, so... Progress! Progress! Yeah. <laughs> I I think we're doing okay. How about you? Uh, good. Not as many fires.
0: Uh, the insanity uh, is becoming the new normal, I guess. Uh, We've had, yeah, yeah. I mean, we've had a few like peaceful protests and marches around my way, and um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we had one. I think we actually had two in Montclair, Uh and uh, one in Bloomfield, like literally down the block from where I live, and uh yeah it's um it's it's quite a time it's, it's like it this definitely feels like different like like this all my, well this hopefully this will all lead to some big change
1: it feels like it is something big happening and i don't know what but it, it feels like it's like a paradigm shift you know yeah absolutely like we're gonna look back on this and be like yeah this is when it changed
0: Yeah, like, I mean, I I remember, like, it wasn't that long ago where just saying Black Lives Matter was, like, a controversial kind of statement, but now I see it on commercials and, uh, you know, just, and advertising and just, you know, uh, companies tweeting out, like, hey, Black Lives Matter, like, now it's, like, kind of, it's kind of just, like, become commonplace now. It's like,
1: oh. Sesame Street was tweeting it. Yeah. I mean, when you've lost the Muppets, I think it's it's safe to say that you are on the losing side of history. Thank you. Even Elmo knows. Elmo's woke. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, the, you know, Sesame Street Children's Television Workshop, they've always been pretty progressive and pretty yeah. pretty woke about that stuff. So, yeah. yeah, so kudos to them. Elmo, stay woke. Thank God for Muppets. That's all I got to say. Yeah, they're... they're...
0: They're the, uh, they're the guiding force for all of us, I, I feel. Yeah.
1: I mean, I know that's probably a controversial statement in this day and age, but, uh, thank <laughs> God for Muppets. <laughs> oh, man.
0: You feel like somebody on the other side of things is like, oh, mu- Muppets aren't the, the guiding force of anything. It's really about, uh, I don't know, uh, spitting image puppets or something like that. Or, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think.
1: <laughs> there, there is probably some hardcore guy in England who feels that way and, uh. <laughs> I'm just going to wait <laughs> for the guy in the motorcycle to finish leaving the parking lot outside me. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Good. He yeah. He's he's re- really manly, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> Listen to my uh, motorcycle. I'm a real man. Yep. <laughs> my, pe- oh. my penis is huge. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> he is going to be so embarrassed when he listens to this podcast. Oh. Oh, <laughs> oh Motorcycle, dude. That's right. We got you. We zinged you. But, uh, yeah, well, you know, just, yeah, you just hope everyone out there is staying safe and staying sane and, and, uh, you know, making your voice heard however you can.
0: Exactly. Just, uh, stay safe and make the change you want to see in the world. And, uh, I don't know, this is, this is unprecedented times. I feel like we're living through history actually.
1: Yeah, it, it really does feel that way. And, uh, and speaking of history, this is a really bad transition, but uh, it's the best one I got. We're, uh, we're, we're going back to the 1960s, to, back to 1969, a not-at-all chaotic year uh, to cover Austin Powers' The Spy Who Shagged Me.
0: That's right. movie came out June 11th. Uh, yeah, we're, we're in June right now. June 11th, yeah. 1999, uh, directed by Jay Roach, written by Mike Myers and Michael McCullers. Uh, $33 million budget, May 206 mil. This was a big old hit. I remember this being like a, a huge,
1: huge, huge, huge hit. Yeah, and it was, you know, the first Austin Powers movie, it it did okay in theaters. It didn't do really great. It wasn't like this huge mega blockbuster hit. I think most of its audience discovered it on home video, on like what back then would have been VHS um, or, or airing on cable or, or whatever so it really primed the pump for a bigger sequel and i remember with the sequel there was a lot more in the way of merchandising and stuff like that they were like austin powers action figures i think i still have a few of of the ones i got there uh, McFarlane toys did some really nice austin powers action figures and they had little sound chips with dialogue from the movie and stuff Oh, nice, man. Yeah,
0: I remember this movie came, like, uh, I think we said it on the, when we talked about the first Austin Powers movie, like, I saw that one at home on VHS, like, I rented it from the library, I didn't see it in the theater, because, I don't know, for some reason, it just didn't grab me, but, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I was one of those people, once I saw it on VHS, and I liked it, and I saw the second one, Spy Shag Me, in the theaters, and, like, I loved it, I remember, I still remember, like, people howling with laughter at, like, certain parts
1: yeah. Yeah. I, I have a pretty strong memory of, of seeing this one in the theaters too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there was, well, this is, this is a as good a place as any to, to tell this story. Uh, this is the movie that, that introduces the character of mini me, uh, played by, uh, Vern Troyer, the yes, rest, uh, in peace. rest in peace. Uh, and, uh, he, so he's like a miniature clone of Dr. Evil. And, uh, he and he was this big hit breakout character from this movie, and I remember I went to see Spy who shagged me with with my girlfriend at the time, and sitting on the other side of me was like this this teenage girl, and she was just really taken with mini Me, and several times throughout the movie she kept going, "Oh, I want one! I want one! <laughs> I wanted to turn to her and just be like." That's not like a Furby. That's not like a pet. That's a person. That is a human being. Man. Yeah. That's yeah. That's a man. That's a, a human. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. he's gotten.
0: I mean, I'm sure like, you know, he had gotten that his whole life. Like people just walk up to him and pick him up like he's an Ewok. They're like,
1: oh, you're so adorable. It's like
0: yeah, a
1: grown ass man. Yeah, it's, uh... I, I yeah. even, like, doing research for this, this week's episode, I discovered that uh, uh, Seth Green even said that, like, uh, Vern Troyer was getting a lot more attention from women on the set than he was. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And, like a, Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean,
0: I mean, just because, like, no one had ever seen anybody like him. Like, even, I mean, if, if, even if you go all the way back to, like, Herve Villachez, like, he's he mm-hmm. a shorter person – like, Mini-Me was even shorter than him. So
1: it was just like, wow, Yeah, he, who is this? he was, what, like two feet, eight inches, I think? I think I saw that when I was looking it up. Yeah, that's but, like, uh, that's unheard of. Yeah, yeah. And and the character of Mini-Me was actually inspired by another uh, actor who was a little person. If you remember the 1990s version of The Island of Dr. Moreau, like, Marlon Brando's character had this sidekick who is played by the literal world's smallest man. And I don't remember this person's name, but it was like this, this strange character that they had. And apparently Marlon Brando really hit it off with the guy playing this part. And he demanded that he be in every scene with him. <laughs> so oh, I well, saw yeah. the, the, this, and he was like, I'm going to adapt that for my Austin power sequel. And so that's how he ended up getting mini me. <laughs> Oh is that where it came from yeah yeah well yeah I mean
0: I I never saw Island of doctor remember, of dr Moreau I just mm-hmm. remember all the jokes about it about how it was just a really bizarre movie
1: yeah there's a there's a good documentary about that uh, about that remake of Island of dr Moreau on Netflix and about how it all went wrong and it it is just such a weird, bizarre story. It is worth seeing, even if you haven't seen the movie. I've never watched that movie either, but I was riveted by the documentary, man.
0: Okay. All right. Well, maybe, maybe I'll give it a look-see.
1: Yeah. I should I should Google the name of it so I can give it a proper recommendation. Um, right. If oh, I'm lost, not... Lost something. Give me a minute okay. and I'll and, find it.
0: Okay. And I'm, I'm also Googling... Uh, yeah, Vern Troyer was two feet, eight inches tall, which is... Ooh, nailed it. I mean, Dude, well done. It's nothing but net. Okay, but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, this movie was a huge... This is like the movie that made Austin Powers mainstream, I believe. Like, yeah. after this movie came out, you definitely saw like a lot of Austin Powers Halloween costumes, a lot of people saying, yeah, yeah baby, and oh, behave, just ad yeah. nauseum. I mean, this was like, yeah, this this put Austin in the in the spotlight.
1: The documentary, by the way, it's titled "Lost Soul: The Doomed Journey of Richard Stanley's Island of Doctor Moreau." So, Richard Stanley was the original director on that, and he was like fired partway through filming, and that's when they had like some cast changes and stuff, and all sorts of nuttiness happened. And uh, yeah, it's on Netflix. Check it out. Oh wow! Okay, look at that. look at us giving uh, recommendations and whatnot. That's right. We're, we're 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 trendsetters. We're movers and shakers. <laughs> yeah we're yeah vaguely important i i guess i don't know i can't even do this with a straight face no. <laughs> you're you're just you're laughing as you say it y- yeah no even i don't take that seriously <laughs> oh boy all right so yeah let's get into this movie um yeah, let's so, go
0: yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah we open up with like a star wars type of scroll across the yeah. screen where they just you know it it opens with everything that happened in the first movie uh, you know, Dr. Evil has is, is launched himself into space at the end of the first one. And Austin is happily married now with uh, Vanessa Kensington, played by Elizabeth Hurley. And, um, yeah, oof. That's Chihuahua. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so then we cut to – actually, you no, know, first it starts off with um, we find out that Dr. Evil is still in his big boy's uh, spaceship. But then he escapes mm-hmm. in a little escape pod and goes back to Earth. And then yep. it cuts. Then it cuts to Austin in the honeymoon suite with Vanessa Kensington, Elizabeth Hurley. And they've just had a uh, a roll in the hay, a a sexual a rom- shag. Yes, there it goes. Yeah. And um, we're going to be saying that word a lot. So yeah, baby. Yeah, like um, I, I didn't even know that. Like in England, the word shag is equivalent to the word like the word fuck. It's like yeah, it, yeah. It's a, I mean,
1: there was some apparently some question as to whether or not they could use that title, but this this helped uh, the word "shag" become seen as less offensive in the UK. And uh, th- there's also some interesting uh, stuff on the IMDb trivia page about what they titled this movie in various other countries. We can get into later. Um, this- all right, let's do that. <laughs> okay,
0: all right. Well, I didn't know that. Look at us yeah. learning. Um yeah, so and so they're they're happy, they're in love, Austin and Vanessa. But then uh Austin notices that Vanessa is like acting very strange. She's like kind of glitching a little bit.
1: Yeah, when he um, in remote control, she starts like speeding up or pausing or, or muting or, or being uh uh dubbed into Spanish, and he, he discovers uh and then and then Vanessa tries to kill him. She's she gets the the machine guns out of her Jublies and tries to kill him, and uh, he discovers that the love of his life, Vanessa, was a Fembot all along.
0: Right. So yeah, and then like we find that she's a Fembot sent to her by Doctor Evil, and like, and then she has a bomb in her head and she blows up their their uh, their honeymoon suite, and Austin Powers is devastated for like a minute. And then yeah. he said, oh, the love of my life, the woman that, who taught me to love and that monogamy was groovy is a fan about all along. But that means I'm single now. Yeah, baby. And then we go to the opening scene of Austin Powers dancing naked for, for no real reason through the hotel lobby.
1: Yeah, with, with uh, the opening credits covering up all his uh, naughty bits. And uh, very yeah. funny opening to the uh, to the movie. Even though, I, I I, gotta say, I have some problems with Vanessa being revealed as a fembot. I know it's just a gag, but it really makes absolutely no sense with what the first movie established. <laughs> None at all. None, None at of, all. Like, we, I mean, yeah. We, we see Vanessa as a human throughout the movie. We see her, like, on the phone with her mother in the first movie. She has a mother. <laughs> Unless her mother yeah. was also bought and then and then like later in the movie this movie Austin brings it up to basil Exposition he's like ah yeah we knew um, and it's like well wait you know maybe maybe give your number one spy guy a heads up about that basil exposition yeah I mean I, I, I totally understand what you're saying but I think
0: that was done to sort of set the tone of the whole movie going yeah. forward saying this is just gonna be a fun goofy movie. Nothing in this movie should be be taken seriously. Don't overthink anything in this movie. Like, even at one point, like, later on in the movie, Mm -hmm. like, Basil Exposition looks straight into the camera and saying, it's best if you don't overthink it. Just have fun. Yes. Like, so, yeah. So anything that goes on in this movie, don't over... If you do overthink it, then you're like, wait, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't connect to this. It's just... It just sets the table saying, this is just going to be goofy, dumb movie. Enjoy yourself.
1: Yeah. And I get that, and I accept that. It is just a nonsensical thing. And they're just emulating the Bond movie formula where he's got like a different love interest in each movie. So, of course, you have to get rid of the, the woman he married in the previous movie as quickly as possible. Um, but as a nerd, I have to hyperanalyze this stuff. So... That's that's what we do. I'm, I'm with you, man. I'm with that's you. what we do and I just had to say, yeah. It, it is very funny. No, it doesn't make sense. And there and that is not the last thing in this movie that doesn't make sense, but it is a oh, funny. Movie.
0: <laughs> it's not the first thing and it won't be the last.
1: Yeah. And uh then we after that we catch up with uh Dr. Evil and Scott Evil and they are on how how 90s is this? They are on the Jerry Springer show. Dude, Remember when Jerry Springer was like a thing? Like a yeah, new- that show ran forever. That ran. That show ran in like until well into the 2000s. I think. I think it's still on, isn't it? I don't think it is. Um, let me. I'll, I'll look it up. Give me. Give me a minute. I'll. I'll find out all about the Jerry Springer show. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, like i like Jerry Springer was a. Big
0: deal back in, like, the late 90s. Like, it, it was on all the time. People made references to it and jokes about it. Uh, there was a movie, Ringmaster, all about the okay, Jerry Springer what? show. It was like...
1: Okay, okay. Remember that? Yes. Okay, Darren, I want you to take a guess. Mm. The, uh, I, I will tell you this. The Jerry Springer show has ended. What? What year, what year do you think it ended? Uh... I'm going to
0: say 2008.
1: Add 10 years. It lasted until July 26, 2018. Oh! has been gone for less than two years.
0: I I really didn't know. I had no idea. Like, I remember, like, I did, I'll admit, I was a little into the show. Like, just the spectacle of it was just like, you know, I'd never seen anything like it. But I remember there was this one episode that came on, and after it, I was like, this is getting too ridiculous. I can't watch it. It was an episode where, um, what was it? Oh, uh, the topic was, uh, like, little people who were in the clan. Oh, God. I'm not, I'm not making this up. And, like, they had, like, a, a little person who was a KKK member, and, like, his daughter came on. And then the daughter was like, "Oh, I have a surprise for you, Dad!" And like, this is my boyfriend. And the boyfriend came out, and the black guy, and then they start making out, and everybody's like, "Oh, Jerry, Jerry!" And like, of course, the clan member is like all angry and upset. And after that, I was like, "I should, I should stop watching this. This is, this can't be good for my brain." That was, that was your limit. That was,
1: yeah, yeah. The, the show ran from September of nineteen ninety-one to July of twenty eighteen. 28 seasons, 4,969 episodes. God damn. Wow. Uh, This is America.
0: That's. We're dumb. We're so. What were we even
1: talking about? We're so dumb. I don't know. I think I lost some brain cells just thinking about the Jerry Springer show for this long. But anyway, Dr. Evil and Scott are on the Jerry Springer show trying to work out their fractured relationship and and the the theme was like my dad is trying to take over the world or my dad is evil or something like that and and it's it's a typical Jerry Springer episode and and I this is an interesting thing I found out like just looking at this sequence in the movie I was assuming oh they went to the Jerry Springer set and they they shot it on the Jerry Springer set no they recreated the set of the Jerry Springer show and they, they shot it on on the studio lot, apparently. Because oh, I, wow. I, I found a behind-the-scenes thing where Jerry Springer's like, oh, yeah, this is very, very close to our set. There are a few little things that are off, but it's really, really close. Okay. So You think there I, was, like, some... You think there was, like, some Jerry Springer purist that was like, no, this isn't a set. Well, I, I imagine it was just cheaper to fly Jerry Springer out to California to shoot that and then recreate the set than to fly the whole cast and crew out to uh, where, wherever they shot the Jerry Springer show. Um, yeah. And, yeah, so I just, I found that kind of interesting. So, uh, we're not looking at the genuine Jerry Springer set. Uh, boo! I want authenticity! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think they had the real bouncer on there, so... Oh, that's pretty neat. Yeah. It looked like All the right. same guy. I don't know. I never watched too much Jerry Springer. But, uh but wow. uh, we we got uh, Dr. Evil and Scott and they're bickering and and Dr. Evil's belittling Scott and he's like you're quasi evil you're 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 the Diet Coke of evil you're just one calorie not evil enough mm. uh, it's uh you know this was okay I thought I thought the Jerry Springer sequence went on a little long like the novelty of it wore off really quickly for me but
0: yeah like I mean I imagine if you were watching this when this came out in ninety nine when Jerry Springer was at his peak,
1: then mm-hmm.
0: that joke would be like, oh, that's hilarious. Like, uh, there's another joke kind of like that where it's
1: of its time Well, uh, later on, but we'll look at yeah. that. It, like, the very topical humor, it'll hit you really hard at the time, but it doesn't always age especially well. So, yeah, and this was probably an example of that. So, I mean, yeah. this, was, this was the funniest it's ever going to be in 1999, and then, like, 20 years on, we're just like, Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> no, I, I agree. Yeah. Uh, so, so then
0: after that, uh, we cut to uh, Austin Powers just driving off in his Jaguar. He has a AOL in his car now, and Basil re- uh, reaches out to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where Basil's like, "Oh yeah, we knew Vanessa was a fanbot all along." Oh well. Anyway, here's your next mission.
1: Right. And and he says, uh, you're going to do a photo shoot with these two supermodels. And one of them is working for Dr. Evil. And uh, and then we we get one of our next celebrity cameos in the movie is uh, that I'd forgotten was in the movie it was uh, Rebecca Romaine. Yeah, yeah. And uh, she plays one of the
0: models. And also we have uh, Ivana Humpelot, played by Kristen Johnson,
1: who was in uh, Third Rock from the Sun. That was a good show, and she and she was good on it. And uh, I know she; I believe she's on the show Mom now, which I don't watch. But uh, you know, it's nice that she's still out there, still working. Yeah, very, very talented uh, comedic actress.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Very underrated.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she's and she's uh, and, and, uh, and uh, she and she and Austin start to seduce each other. There's there's some heavy flirtation going on. Yeah,
0: she's a Russian uh, model with a thick Russian accent and of course, you know she can't be help but be wooed by Austin's mojo and charm. So of course uh, you know the, 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 of course they're you know they're, they're, their
1: spirits collide And, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, then we go back to uh, Dr. Evil. We discover his new headquarters is in Seattle uh, and he's got a Starbucks in his in his evil headquarters. A uh, lot more product placement in this movie because uh, apparently all the all the corporate people will realize like, hey, this could be a big movie, so let's let's get in there and let's you know. So we got we've got Starbucks in there, we've got Heineken in there, we've got uh, Volkswagen,
0: uh, Virgin, Virgin, uh, oh Virgin yeah, Atl- Airways and whatnot is in it.
1: Yeah, a lot of corporate placement in this movie. Um, so we get. We got the Starbucks, and it, it's it's cool that I guess that Starbucks had enough of a sense of humor about themselves that they let themselves be in Doctor Evil's lair.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's and, like yeah, that's fine. We're pretty yeah. evil,
1: and that's uh, and this is the scene where we introduce the character of Mini-Me, Me, uh, who is a clone that is one eighth uh, Doctor Evil's size.
0: Yeah, he's. Yeah. I remember like the, when he first comes on the screen, it kind of takes your brain a minute to process it It was like oh wow Mm -hmm. no he's a real person and he's really that small that's yep it it takes a minute yeah yeah
1: yeah and uh we also have uh as as i said before scott evil and then uh, dr evil's other sidekicks frau Farbissina and number two from the first movie played by uh robert wagner and uh what was uh, uh mindy sterling
0: Right, and Frau has a taking on
1: a a, a female a companion.
0: She speaks. She she's in, she's indulged in the love that dare not speak its
1: name. Yes, yes. So, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. You do you, Frau Parpista, or love is love. Yeah, exactly. Um, so so then Doctor Evil unveils his new evil plan. He decides to steal austin powers mojo and he his plan is he's going to he has a time machine he has a time machine that looks like the old nineteen sixty show the time tunnel where it's like this big black and white spiral um and he he he's going to go back in time to 1969 when austin powers is cryogenically frozen because he was frozen in 1967 so he's two years into the cryogenic freezing thing and then he's going to steal Austin's mojo. So therefore, Austin will not have his mojo in the present day, and then uh, Doctor Evil can easily defeat him. It's a That's big right. plan. It's a <laughs> very big plan, but a, f- a foolproof plan. But we got we. But we get to say the word mojo a lot, and really, isn't that all you want? Um, what the world needs now is the word mojo being said a yeah. lot. Yeah. And so, so Dr. Evil, he goes back in time and he goes back in time to 1969 and he meets the young number two. And the young number two is played by Rob Lowe doing a killer Robert Wagner impression. Dude, that shit was spot on. Spot yeah. on. Eerie. And, you know, and it's, and Robert Wagner's in the movie. So, you, the, you're really inviting the comparison. So, your, your impression better be spot on. But apparently, Rob Lowe had, a killer Robert Wagner impression in his back pocket already because he'd been friends with uh, Robert Wagner's daughters for years. So he'd, he'd spent a lot of time around Robert Wagner. Oh and my. Yes, yes. Uh, and Yeah, Rob Lowe, underrated comedic actor, man. I mean, I know he gets a lot more props for his comedy these days because of uh, doing Parks and Rec and, and all that, but he's been funny for a long, long time. Yeah, he's got the chops. He was
0: in a uh, well, Tommy Boy too, another SNL. Yeah.
1: Movie. yeah, and you know, like just the other day, I listened to Rob Lowe. He's about to start his own podcast, and he was guest starring on Conor O'Brien's podcast. And he he broke out a killer Cary Grant impression. He had a Cary Grant story where he wow, yeah, he was he was like friends or, or dating a Cary Grant's daughter, and he tells a story about going over. To Cary Grant's mansion to watch his after-school special that was like his first big credit, and 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 Cary what
0: <laughs> Cary Grant
1: is there, and and he's like, young man, you're going to be watching this in my bedroom, so don't get any ideas. Oh <laughs> uh, wow, I need to listen to that episode now. That that totally threw me threw me for a loop. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a good one. Yeah, I I I like Roblo. He's he's a talented guy. He's got a good sense of humor about himself. He tells great stories. Thumbs up to Roblo. Yeah, thumbs up Roblo.
0: And yeah. Uh, yeah, so um, so yeah, so it's uh, Roblo and Frau Farbison is there, and she looks exactly the same <laughs> as she does in 1999.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was a cute gag.
0: Yeah, and so it's it's uh, the three of them planning to take uh, Austin's mojo in a secret lair in a hollowed out volcano and it's a secret lair yet it has Dr. Evil's face kind of you know chiseled in it like as big mm-hmm. as Mount Rushmore
1: yep yep well i mean it's it's in it's an isolated island so the lair can still be secret but you you still have to have your branding you know Oh get, right. <laughs> when, when you have a chance to chisel your likeness into a mountain, you take it, damn it. That that's all I've ever wanted out of life. That's what I'm saving up for. Exactly, exactly. Someday we are gonna have I mean when this podcast really takes off, we are gonna have our likenesses chiseled into a mountain and we'll have a hauled out volcano and all, all that fun stuff. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. I got a mountain all picked out. Oh nice, nice. <laughs> but you know' uh, contractors and it's a whole thing but uh, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it yeah but but uh Dr Evil he's got another Confederate uh, he's he's got a spy in the Ministry of defense and it's another character who's played by Mike Myers uh, a character by the name of fat bastard uh, who as Mike Myers said it's uh, because his his body weight is great for his height and uh, his parents were not married. That is why he is called Fat Bastard. So
0: I see. And he weighs a metric ton. Uh, actually, this is actually something I want to ask you. So is Fat because you know the Austin Powers movies are they're uh, kind of, they're kind of a parody of the James Bond movie. So is Fat Bastard a parody of a James Bond character that I'm not familiar with at all?
1: Boy, um, not that I can think of specifically. I know there've been like sumo wrestlers in in a couple of the Bond movies, but I can't think of a specific character that Fat Bastard would be parodying. Um, no, I think he's just hes just kind of in that style, and I think it's just more about Mike Myers' love of doing Scottish accents. He loves a good Scottish accent. He, do, he does a great one, too. He, you it. know, this, So I Married an Axe Murderer, the Shrek movies. Anytime Mike Myers gets to do a Scottish accent, he seems like he's a happy man. If it's not Scottish, it's just crap! Right. Right. Um, so he uh so fat bastard, he he gets a device, he gets like this big uh, needle thing and he extracts Austin's mojo. Um and then and we and we feel the effects of this instantly. We go back to the present day of nineteen ninety-nine where Austin he's making it happen with Avana Huppelot, and then just suddenly they are in they're about to do the deed, and then just suddenly, Crikey, I've lost my mojo. <laughs> And uh, yeah, so, so uh, he needs to, Austin
0: needs to get that back. That is Mojo. Who is he?
1: Yeah, yeah. He so he and fortunately the the Ministry of Defense they have a time traveling car, which I believe was a Volkswagen. It uh, was because, because again product placement, um, and so he's able to go back to the 1960s to try to regain his mojo. And he and he time travels back, and he his teeth become bad again, and. <laughs> And uh, we we get more uh, product placement with with Heineken. I, I think there's even like you know, oh, take your hands off my Heineken. it's ah, oh, it's I'm drinking my Heineken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, product placement can be funny. It's not it's not blatant or intrusive at all. It totally it totally <laughs> belongs in the movie. It doesn't take me out of the film one iota. <laughs> oh, showbiz. Yeah, and and so Austin there, and there's a big swinging shindig. It's another happening, and it freaks him out. And, and you know, it's a 60s, Her, there's go-go girls dancing in cages, and everybody's dancing up a storm to, uh, I think it was Magic Carpet Ride by Steppenwolf, if I remember correctly. Oh, yeah. That's, and that's and, and uh, Austin meets another woman with a very suggestive name. Uh, her name is Robin Swallows, but her maiden name was Spitz. So Austin very softly says, well, what is it, uh, honey? Spitzer Swallows? Yeah, <laughs> yeah baby. <laughs> yeah. That's an oral, yeah. Sex an oral sex joke. Classy. <laughs> 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 yes. Um. And then we meet uh, our, our female lead of the film. We've got uh, Heather Graham as Felicity Shagwell, who we soon discover as, as an agent for the CIA. Yeah, like remember when
0: uh, Heather Graham was just like everywhere for a while, like in the late 90s? Like she was, she was the it girl for a bit.
1: She was. She, she had her, I guess I, I would say that Boogie Nights was her big breakthrough. I think that's, that's the role of hers that made everyone just kind of stand up and take notice of her. Um, but but she's been in a ton of stuff. She's been in Swingers, and I mean, and she's maintained her career pretty well. She's been in the Hangover movies, and uh, has done a lot of stuff. But I was very surprised. I found this on IMDb trivia, and I'm just going to read this. I wasn't Maybe. able to verify this, but this is just too bizarre not to share. Um, it says when Heather Graham was asked to audition for the role at Mike Myers's request, she was saved from a porn career. Before she was called by her agent, she was seriously considering accepting a major part in a softcore lesbian movie after not having any meaningful film roles in close to a year and a half. The first thing she did after getting paid for this movie was buy a copy of the porno in which she would have appeared. Wow. (laughs) So, So, wow. I went on like a bit of a deep dive this morning trying to find like some Heather Graham interview where she confirmed this story and I was not able to. And it's, you know, IMDb. So sometimes you find things there that are not quite truthful. But I was like, that is too freaky. Um, Yeah. So we
0: we almost had Heather Graham in uh, some uh, Skinamax tastefully uh, er erotica.
1: I guess so. I, which is just, so weird to think because i mean she okay like i'm i'm looking at at her imdb page now she done she did boogie nights and she did a movie called kiss and tell she was in scream 2 that what that was basically a cameo i think she was okay. in the lost in space movie that didn't do well oh yeah i remember that she was uh, the... uncredited in the pilot of the the fantasy island series from the 90s and then her next credit is Austin Powers: The Spy Who Shagged Me. So yeah, she apparently didn't work for a while. I guess just Lost in Space did so badly that was enough to kill her career there. But strange to think, you know, you do a you do a a successful, well-regarded movie like Boogie Nights, and you would think that would be enough to carry you for a few years. But wow! <laughs> wow! Sliding
0: doors, man. Hollywood is a yeah. uh... Isn't that weird? Yeah, like, she was in Boogie Nights. She had a big part in it, too. You'd think... That, yeah. Yeah, like you said. But, like, I don't know. Hollywood is a uh, fickle mistress.
1: I don't know, man. I, I mean, I, I know that, like, if you have... Uh, like, one really bad flop can kill a career. But, man, it seems like she should have gotten a few more turns at that before she was at the point of considering doing sophomore.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I...
1: Uh, I, mean, but, uh, I mean a Hallmark, Hallmark movie at the very least <laughs> yeah exactly I think they were a thing in the 90s right sure well, why not <laughs> but I, I read that this morning and I was just like whoa that's something else But uh, what do you think of Heather Graham in this movie how would you like her uh, I mean I thought she was
0: okay uh, I mean I, I don't know I don't think it's too you know controversial statement to say she's Never been, like, the greatest actress. She's always been uh-huh. okay. But, like, I think the, the movie also makes a point to, like, in every scene she's in to, like, let you know how hot she is. Like, mm. that seems to be the driving force. Like, every scene is like, wow, she's really hot, right? She's super hot. Look how hot she is. That's that's pretty hot. And, and um, that seems to be the, the driving force of, uh, of her role in this movie. But, yeah, I think she's okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I find I like her better in the dramatic stuff than I do in comedies. I don't I don't think she's really funny in this movie and when she was on Scrubs I didn't find her very funny on Scrubs. So I think oh, that right. isn't quite her thing, maybe, but uh but I do I do like her as an as an actress, as like a straight dramatic actress, I think she's good. But in comedies I'm she just leaves me cold, you know? Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Uh, yeah, but she, yeah, she's, she's no Elizabeth Hurley that's, that's what I'm saying oh no sir yeah so, uh, um, so, so anyway uh, yeah Austin's at this, this uh, party and he discovers that, that Robin Swallows uh, is working for Dr. Evil and and the, there's a, a little uh, another bond homage when he sees like an assassin reflected in her eyeball which is a gag they used at the opening of Goldfinger and, uh, and, uh, uh, he, he, uh, Robin Swallows dies a, a of her own hand, basically, of, after trying to kill Austin, and, and, Felicity Shagwell gets Austin out of his jam, and they, they go driving off together. Well, actually, no, uh,
0: Robin Swallows, she doesn't really die, because they do this whole drawn-out thing where one of Dr. Evil's henchmen is there, and he throws a knife at Austin, but then Mm -hmm. Austin uses Robin Swallow as a shield, and then Robin Swallow gets the knife to the back. And she says, oh, prepare to... You know, like, oh, you'll never make it out alive, Austin. And then she yells at the guy, get the machine gun! And so the guy gets the machine gun, and then Robin... And then uh, Austin, again, uses Robin as a shield to take all the bullets for her. And she seems to just not die yet. She's like, what? It's like, oh... This is this is it for you, this is Mr. Bond. Get the and get the get the uh, bazooka, and then the henchman gets a bazooka, and then of course Austin Powers again uses Robin Schwalz as a shield to deflect the bazooka, and then they both go flying out the window. And she, for somehow, she's still alive. And as they're falling down. Uh, Robin Swallows says, ah, oh, this this fall will kill us both. Prepare to die, Mr. Powers. And then of course Austin Powers again uses Robin Swallows as like he, he puts her in, in front of him and lands on her so he doesn't die. But like right.
1: But didn't she yeah, die so- there?
0: Wasn't she dead by I- then? I don't think so, <laughs> because like at the yeah. end of that, she says, "Oh, you'll never make out alive." And then Austin's like, "Why won't you die? Why are you still alive?" And oh, then, okay. and then a henchman like still shoots at Austin, but ends up hitting Robin Swallows again. So she's just this, you know, this mess of a woman just riddled with bullets, and her fa- her face flattened by the pavement.
1: Well, okay. Apologies to the fictional character of Robin Swallows. I did not mean to say that she was dead when she was not, in fact, dead. This uh, this apparently is a problem for me, because on last week's show, I accidentally referred to the actor Larry Miller as the late, great Larry Miller, and uh, it was pointed out to us on Twitter this week that Larry Miller is still alive! So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, Sorry about that. Oops. Apologies to Larry Miller, and, uh, and uh, I think throughout the rest of this episode, I am just going to identify everyone who is in this movie who is still alive. Yes. Uh, no. uh,
0: Larry Miller, we're big fans. Please come on the podcast.
1: Yes. Yes. So um, so Austin Powers, played by Mike Myers, who is still alive, drives off with Felicity Shagwell, played by Heather Graham, who is still alive. Um, and and uh- Austin it's it's remarkable how England looks in no way like Southern California, which I enjoyed that line. I liked it, and uh, and then we then we see another character who is who is killed off in the first movie, but is back again in this movie. Played uh, it's Mufasa, played by Will Ferrell, who is still alive. Yes, all these people are still alive. Yes, yes. And uh, and they they fight off Mufasa and they they get some information about where Doctor Evil is hiding because they discover that uh, every time a question is asked of him three times he's compelled to answer it. So they have to they have to just they interrogate him just by asking him each question three times.
0: Uh, yeah, that was actually that's actually a pretty clever scene. That whole, mm-hmm. like, I mean, I mean, we'll get into it, but like the movie does have like a lot of kind of gross out humor, but then it also has like a little, a couple like little kind of clever jokes and scenes here and there too.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's got uh, Mike Myers, who is still alive by the way. He does a lot of highbrow and lowbrow stuff throughout the movie. Absolutely. So
0: uh yeah, so it's this thing where Mufasa like he, like if you ask him a question, he won't answer it right or he won't, answer, he won't give you the answer you want until yeah. you ask it for a third time and that's like, it's like a tick with him. He's like, oh, I, I hate be asked questions,
1: you know, three times in a row, so I'll just answer you truthfully the third time. Right, right, and yeah, so he goes right from no, no, I'll never tell you, and then he's asked a third time, and he's like, oh yeah, here, here's, here's what the deal is. Um, uh, <laughs> meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile Doctor Evil, he drinks Austin's mojo, which is like in liquid form, um, and he. Seduces- oh yeah, uh,
0: fat, yeah, Fat Bastard delivers him the mojo uh, mm-hmm. in, a, in a little tube, and. Uh, he makes a statement like earlier in the movie, he he tells about how he ate a baby, and that comes, which is a very strange thing to say. But like then he comes back saying he once he delivers the mojo to Doctor Evil, he sees Minnie Me and he wants to eat Minnie Me, like yes. you know get in my belly.
1: Yes, and he starts singing that old Chili's jingle uh, for baby back ribs. Dude. Yeah.
0: Dude, like when I saw that in the theater back in '99, that joke killed with the audience I was seeing it with.
1: Those commercials were omnipresent in 1999. Yep. Like the audience was like, oh, I know that jingle. That's from the Chili's. Ha ha. Yes, I recognize that reference. Ha ha ha.
0: <laughs> that's familiar um, to me.
1: I think that's funny. Yeah. Uh, so, so Doctor Evil, he drinks the Austin Powers mojo, so he's he's got the sexual magnetism of Austin Powers, and he seduces Frau forbus Um and you know we to the tune of uh, Let's Get It On, and uh, and and Frau forbisina is like, Oh no, I is this going to affect our working relationship? And he's like, Don't worry, baby, I I won't let things get weird, and yeah. Yeah, and, and uh,
0: then Doctor Evil and Frau uh, Shag, as they say. Yeah,
1: they do the deed. Um, uh, meanwhile, we've got we cut back to Austin and uh, Felicity, and they're go, They're they're partying in Lundy's uh, Canopy Street, which was the hip happening place in the in the nineteen sixties. And and we got another cool celebrity cameo in the movie. We got Elvis Costello and Burke Bacharach. The dude, great, like, and the great Burt Bacharach. Who, dude, when uh, I saw when I saw the
0: scene, I was like, "Oh, John's gonna love this scene."
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's one of the the coolest things. And um, Elvis Costello and Burt Bacharach both still alive, by the way. Both still, thank God. If they if, if we lose either one of them, I don't know what I'll do. I will, I will freak. I will, yeah. Bert Backrat is still with us. He is ninety two years old. God bless him. And yeah. Oh wow. And and you 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 want to get their uh, the album that they did together? It was uh, uh, Painted from Memory. Great, great album. Uh, They they done an album around this time. It came out in nineteen ninety eight, and it's great songs that they wrote and performed together. Wonderful, wonderful stuff. I didn't know that. Wait, so is it all, like, covers, or it's all, like, original stuff? Uh, let me see, let me see. I got the, uh, it's, um, th- th- it's original stuff. It's, like, all new stuff. Yeah. Oh, wow, I
0: didn't know that. Well, uh, in this movie, uh, we have Elvis Costello and Brett Bacharach doing one of, uh, Burt's old hits, I'll Never Fall in Love Again, which was an old, uh, Dionne Warwick song.
1: Mm hmm. Mm-hmm, yeah. And and I I also want to give a shout out to Elvis Costello's sideburns in this scene. They they are amazing. They are truly a thing to behold. They are just these lovely mutton chop things that look very apropos for 1969. Uh, we salute you, Elvis Costello's sideburns.
0: Yeah. Sideburn. yeah remember when like sideburns made a big comeback like in the 90s? Like they were a, a thing for a
1: while. Yeah, Luke Perry. He got the he got the long sideburns on the nine hundred two one zero, and that became the big trendy thing. I remember that hitting when I was in college. Yeah, I think
0: I'm pretty sure. Like I had that, like the sideburns, like a goatee going on uh, mm-hmm. a bowling a bowling league shirt. Just yep. wear wear when you're going out to the club. I was I was styling and profiling.
1: That was that was the tradition of the time. That was the style of the time. We we. Yeah. Grew out the sideburns. We grew the goatees. We put on the bowling shirts. We went out swing dancing. we Yeah. Uh, yeah. We, we did right. all that.
0: Yeah. Maybe if you're a real badass, you get a wallet chain.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. O- only true 90s kids will remember this. Yeah. We're, right. This, this podcast episode will also be released as a BuzzFeed quiz later on. So, <laughs> so look out for that.
0: Oh, here's hoping.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, so, so then we cut back to, uh, Dr. Evil, uh, and his lair and, and Frau Forbusina, she and Dr. Evil, are having an awkward encounter at the, at the coffee machine at the beginning of the work day. And, uh, and yeah, it got weird. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and Frau Forbusina sa- tells Dr. Evil that she's late. Yeah. And, uh, and just then Scott Evil travels back in time. And the implication is that, uh, that Scott is despite what was said in the last movie that he was like a test tube baby, uh, he's he's actually the natural son of Dr. Evil and Proud for Which, Yeah, if he was conceived in 1969, then he was likely born in 1970, which would make him, in the timeline of this movie, 29 years old.
0: Uh, All right, yeah. (laughs) Again, Basil Exposition said it. Don't overthink anything you see in this movie.
1: I know, I know, but I had to do the math. I had to do the math.
0: <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't really consider that until you just said it. I was like, oh, yeah, he would have been way older. Huh. Yeah,
1: and uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure how old Scott Green was. I'm going to guess he was somewhere in his 20s. Let's see. Uh, or Seth Green. I'm sorry. I, I don't know. I'm mixing up the actor and the character's name here. Let's, let's see how old Seth Green. He was born in 1974, so he would have been uh, 25, max, when this movie came out. So not not too far off. Okay. Yeah, a possibility, but uh, yeah, but, but uh, he, didn't, he didn't really look 25, is what I'm yeah. saying. Suspend this belief. You know, theater of the mind, John. Uh, yeah, I am. I am. Okay. Okay. So... So anyway, so so we have that. And uh, uh meanwhile, Austin he's afraid to have sex with Felicity without his mojo cuz you know, he's just not it's not going to happen. It's uh you know, he's he can't get the mojo going and you know. Yeah. And uh yeah. Yeah, cuz uh, yeah, Felicity
0: heavily comes on to him saying, you know, he, he she wants the the body, the the hairy man that is. Austin mm-hmm. Powers, but he's just like
1: and, and and she's like and Felicity's like this huge fan of Austin Powers. She's like modeled her whole spy persona after him, so she's she's really she's picking up what Austin's putting down. But uh, uh, yep. but you know it doesn't happen, and then and then Basil exposition calls and and he assigns he gives Felicity another assignment. She says you have to plant this tracker on Fat Bastard by any means necessary. So Felicity goes out and she seduces Fat Bastard, right? Uh, I mean they don't show it, but they just
0: show the two of them in bed and she's smoking a cigarette and he is uh shirtless and what might be one of the grossest things I've ever seen just like just eating chicken just you know grease and hair all over his body it kind of reminded me of uh what, that money Python movie where the, that fat dude in the restaurant
1: sure is, sure and eating a life yeah but with a yeah, it was,
0: yeah it was. It was truly repulsive.
1: Yeah, yeah. A lot of it's Mike Myers in a fat suit. There's lots of folds of fat. There's like gross things going on in his on his body. You don't. It, yeah, it's it, it is not a pleasant scene to watch. But uh, yeah, yeah. So. But uh,
0: well, yeah. Through that, uh, like he like kind of bends over to like get some more food, and when that happened, that's when uh, Felicity is able to shove the tracking device. Up his uh, b hole, and I guess he thinks nothing of it.
1: He's just like thinks that she's playing. Yep, yep. He's like, oh, huh? That's that's what we're doing, huh? Okay. So, <laughs> um, and then then we learn a little more about Doctor Evil's plan. He he plans to put a laser on the moon so that when the Earth uh, rotates into the right position, he can use a laser to destroy Washington D.C. and he calls. He calls this moon laser, he's calling it the Death Star, which is a very a startlingly original name.
0: Yeah, I feel
1: like I've heard that before, but I don't, I don't know where. Nope, completely original. Oh, okay. Um, completely okay. original. And, uh, and then he, uh, and, and he's, he's doing this through this, uh, uh, this thing called the Alan Parsons Project. Right, because the laser was developed by Mr. Alan
0: Parsons, so it's calling it the Alan Parsons Project, which again, I feel like
1: I've heard that name before, but I I can't I don't know. I would just like to point out that Mr. Alan Parsons is still alive. So uh, so, yeah, I'm we we are we are showing the receipts for this week's episode. Alan Parsons still alive. So I am I in the sky. And presumably still doing progressive rock, I guess, or something. I don't know. I'm not going to skim the rest of the Wikipedia page, I, <laughs> I, I, but um, and, uh, and 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 Doctor Evil, he's demonstrating this with like a model moon and like an inflatable Earth, and then we have like one of the more esoteric gags in the movie where they're where Mike Myers and Rob Lowe do a little sort of homage to the movie, the great Santini. Did you, did you know about this? Did you recognize this reference? I did not recognize this reference at all. This okay. was this went above my head. Yeah. The, the great Santini. I've never seen this movie, but it's, it's this movie with Robert Duvall as like a, uh, uh, an abusive father who is, who is in the uh, military. He was like a Marine or something. And, there's, there's a scene where he's, like, playing basketball with his son, and he's, he's like, popping the basketball into his son's uh, forehead. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so it's a, it's a film from 1979, based on the 1976 novel of the same name by Pat Conroy, which I believe is the person who wrote uh, uh, Prince of Tides. Oh, okay. So, so yeah, and, and Robert Duvall plays this abusive dad. And, uh, Wow. so they're, they're doing like a beat for beat, uh, homage to the basketball scene in the great Centennial, which is one of the famous, uh, scenes from that film.
0: I, I had no idea what wow, I got to, you know, all right. Well,
1: wow, you're, you're teaching me, man. That's right. That's right. I brought the receipts. I brought the <laughs> receipts here <Aaron> Patterson. <laughs> receipts! <laughs> um, so... That, then then we go back to, to uh, the Ministry of Defense, and they've got they've got a stool sample from Fat Bastard, which right? Cause, yeah, because they were following him with the um, with the with tracking the device. Yes, and yes. like took it to a bathroom, and yeah, he left he left a floater.
0: Yeah, and then they were like, "No, we have to get a stool sample." And like what, when they said that, I was thinking, "Why? Why do we have to get a stool sample?" I, uh, I was like, all right, I guess we got to get a That's stool joke for the next scene, Darren. All right. I'm sorry. Yeah. That, yeah. Basil told me not to think, and I went ahead and yeah. thought. That's- yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. So, like, back at headquarters, we've got the fat bastard stool sample in this giant uh, beaker right next to the coffee machine, as you do. As you as do. As you do. As you do. And then, and then, of course, you know, Austin comes in and he's, and he pours himself a cup of what he thinks is coffee. It's actually a fat bastard's soul sample, so, you
0: know, wackiness
1: <laughs> ensues. Um, Could they take this coffee, but it's actually shit. Yeah. I do, I, they they actually, they milk the setup for this a little longer than I'd remembered. Like, we, we actually have like Austin pouring creamer into the cup, and like, you think he's going to drink it a couple of times before he actually does. And I was like, oh, okay, that's, that's not bad. I thought, I thought they'd made the aftermath of, of it. Cause like, you know, he drinks it and then he's got like the brown crap all over his face. Mm. And he's like, oh, it's a little nutty. And you know, this coffee tastes like shit. And, uh, ha, ha, ha. I, I didn't get yeah. it really, But, uh.
0: No, again, well, I'm pretty sure when I saw this originally in 99, this
1: joke killed in the audience. Probably probably. <laughs> I I I don't generally go for the poop jokes, you know. Yeah. He's I'm not, drinking. I'm not, I'm not big on the gross out humor. I hear you. I, I just but... find it gross. I don't really find it funny typically. Yeah. <laughs> He's drinking poo poo. Yeah. But but they find something in Fat Bastard's stool that lets them track uh, Dr. Evil's hideout to this remote jungle island and uh, just go with it, you know. It's their poop led them to the island okay
0: uh, yeah there's something in the yeah they were like oh no there's something in the stool that can only be found on this island so this must be where dr evil's secret lair is i yeah i was like don't don't think basil told me not to think i'm not going to think i'm just going to go with it
1: yeah yeah it's just the, you know the logic it's i mean it's just the plot is there just to string the gags on so don't don't judge it too harshly. So so they go to the island and oh oh I, I I should note another cameo. We 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 see Dr. Evil threatening the US president, and the president in nineteen sixty nine, uh despite what you may have thought, it was actually Tim Robbins. So Yeah. Who knew?
0: I mean they don't say the president's name, but part of me was thinking, hmm, I wonder if that's President Bob Roberts.
1: <laughs> I mean, it, couldn't have, it couldn't have been. It like, could. Maybe Bob Roberts got a hold of a time travel machine, traveled back to the 1960s, and beat Nixon for the Republican nomination. And that is now in my head canon Yes. I wouldn't put it past him. It was President Bob Roberts. Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah, I'm just putting it out there. I'm just asking
1: questions, man. I did like how uh, Dr. Evil, he's like, you know, if you don't do what I say, this is going to happen. And then they just show a clip of the White House blowing up from the movie Independence Day. Uh, yeah. That was very funny. That was, um, yeah, because like, that movie had
0: just come out or like,
1: you know, it was fairly. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. Just like a, a couple years before. And um, uh, so so Austin and Felicity, they go to Dr. Evil's Island and we have uh, we have uh Heather Graham dressed up in, like, the white bikini, like Ursula Andres and Dr. No, and then, of course, we have Austin in the same white bikini, because it's it's funny when men cross-dress. <laughs> <laughs> men in ladies, ladies' clothing, that's hilarious to me. Because he's, he's very hairy, and he's got a lot of body hair coming out from the bikini and stuff, and, you yeah. know. <laughs> and,
0: yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So then we we have them, you know, infiltrating Doctor Evil's uh, secret island, and then they go into mm-hmm. a tent, and uh, they're they're kind of looking through this. I guess it's like a secret bag of stuff that they might need to take him down. But uh, Doctor Evil was made aware of their presence, so mm-hmm. they're in a tent, and it's at night, and uh, there's like a like a light inside. So like, if you're looking outside the tent, you'll see like a silhouette of the two of them, and yeah. so. The uh, Dr. Evil's henchmen are outside about to sh- to jump on them. And while they're doing that, um, Felicity is, like, looking through the bag. But Austin Powers is also bent over looking through some of his stuff. So, like, the way they're positioned, if you look at it, it looks like Austin Powers is bent over and Felicity is, like, kind of going into his his bum, pulling out stuff. He's
1: pulling at- stuff out of his butt.
0: But as he's a, she's actually pulling stuff out of the bag, so like she's pulling out like a rope uh, out of his bag and a smoke An umbrella. bomb, umbrella, uh, a gerbil, of course, because Richard Gere. Um She like op- she like opened a bottle of something out of the bag and looks like he's opening a bottle out of his butt. A lot-, lot of butt stuff, a
1: lot of butt gags. Yep, lots of silhouette butt gags. So if That's you right. like. Gags where people in silhouette are pulling things out of people's butts. This is the sequence for you.
0: Yes, now so. this is the lowbrow humor part of the movie. If you didn't know, yeah, yeah. And I uh, said, so then we also go back to uh, Doctor Evil's lair, and um, like we we see that Doctor Evil and mini Me have really bonded. Like he really cares about,
1: um, you know, little mini Me. Um, yeah. Dude. Little, uh, they do a little uh, musical number together just the two of us. Yes, the Will Smith song which was
0: big in 99. Uh, again, again like again this is another thing that is only timely in the time frame of 1999 that Will Smith just the two of us song cuz like I remember when they this song when this scene came up people in the audience were like this is hilarious cuz this song just came out. But like yeah. I watch it now I'm like
1: okay. I watched this last night and I was like Oh yeah, I vaguely remember this song. I think I, you know, but you've gun to my head. I don't know if I would have remembered it was a Will Smith song, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, I mean, it's basically, yeah, like it basically it's him sampling of, the oh, Let me put it that way. <laughs> Jim West Desperado. <laughs> I don't think you immediately broke out some Wild Wild West lyrics. Oh, my God. Dude,
0: I saw this in the theater because I had to see it from my college newspaper. And, yeah, it was just, like, it was a packed theater. I had to sit in the front because it was super packed. And, like, like just waves. As the movie kept going, you could feel the waves of disappointment throughout the entire theater. (laughs) They're like, like, oh, no. Oh,
1: no. No, make it stop.
0: Like, like I felt last time. I felt that was when we all in a packed theater. I saw like a, the last Indiana Jones movie with friends, and just waves of disappointment throughout the entire theater. Like, oh
1: no, uh, yeah, <laughs> this isn't good. Anyway, um, so 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 Austin and Felicity they're they're captured by Doctor Evil. Um, Austin finds out that uh, that Felicity had sex with Fat Bastard, which, you know, that doesn't go over well. He's He feels very betrayed. And, yeah, and, you know, like,
0: when he was betrayed, like, part of me was thought, hey, wait a minute, didn't Austin do that exact same thing in the first movie when he slept with um, uh, a lot of Fachina? Yeah. yeah, he did. He did. Austin slept, Damon.
1: Yeah, and now he's, like, all butthurt because she did the same thing. Dude. Yeah, double standard. Double standard. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I oh. guess guess you could justify it by like, oh, well, Austin's discovered the joys of monogamy. since, But no. I mean, it's just, yeah, they do whatever works for him in the moment. Uh, Smith, uh, patriarchy! Yeah. Well, I mean, at least he learns the error of his ways. Right? Yeah. That's, yeah, that's absolutely. Something. He progresses. There you go. Yeah. He's learning. Yeah. Yeah so uh yeah, then with they we we put uh, Austin and Felicity into a death trap um you know where where they're they're in a little uh they're in a thing above lava, and right. the lavas gonna get them. right this
0: right
1: and is- I, I stopped taking notes on the movie, so <laughs> oh, okay all right, all right,
0: so all right, so basically what happens is um yeah, yeah, they're in like a little uh a trap where the floor is about to kind of go away from them and they're about to fall into lava. But then we cut back to, uh, Dr. Evil where he launches like a, like a spaceship, a rocket about to go to earth. And of course the, I guess it's like a missile. It looks, of course it looks like a penis, Mm -hmm. which, uh, then leads to this whole montage of people like seeing it and, it was actually a pretty clever gag. Like
1: basically, let, 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 me, just, let me just insert something here. It didn't ah! just look; like a penis. it looked like a penis, and then it has these two fuel nodules at the bottom b- above the booster rockets that, that they greatly resemble testicles. So yes. we've we got the whole we've got the whole package, as it were. <laughs> we, we, we got, we've got the rocket shaft, and then we've got the two the two globular things towards the bottom. So we've we've got, you know, we've got a twig and berries situation here happening.
0: Yeah, and uh, so then what happens is uh, that gets launched into, you know, going towards Earth. And then we go to, uh, I guess it was like NASA or something where Mm -hmm. we see uh, Clint Howard, you know, the The great great Clint Clint Howard. Howard. Still alive, by the way. Still alive, and uh, he lo- he's looking at it, and he's like, "Sir, I see something on our radar. It looks like a gigantic." And then it cuts to like somebody else, and then it cuts to yeah. like um, uh, David Koechner, who's also makes a quick appearance in this movie. Yeah, where yes. he said, and he's like an air fighter pilot. So when Clint mm-hmm. Howard says, "Oh, it looks like a gigantic," it cuts to David Koechner and say, "Dick, do you see this going on here? Dick, yeah. Come in, Dick." And it's like, "Oh, th- that looks like a gigantic Willie." Well, and then yeah. it's, it's Willie Nelson saying, Hey, is like, Willie, do you see that? And like, it, it's just, it's this ongoing gag where it, they just take like, all these names for penises. And it, like, if
1: there is a slang term of penis that you are aware of, they probably use it in this sequence. I mean, it's, it's, you know, Johnson and Woody, and we have a cameo from Woody Harrelson. And yeah, and yeah, they, they pack them all in there. Uh, right. yeah, yeah. So yeah, But pack. But but they do get very clever and creative with it. So I I did enjoy this sequence. It is it is pretty funny, you know? Yeah it's again but it's but it is pretty funny and pretty clever. Yeah, yeah. I thought this was like one of
0: the like one of the more high brow parts of the movie. It's like, oh that's actually pretty clever.
1: Yeah, and and we had an, an unexpected cameo in there. We we got to see the late great Fred Willard. Again, Fred Willard. He,
0: he's in the movie for like literally a second because at this point, Austin and uh, Felicity. Oh, we, we should get back to it. So they're uh, Austin yeah. and Felicity Shagwell when they're in the little easily escapable uh, trap. They're able to get out. Felicity shows the guard guarding them her breast, and of course, mm-hmm. once a man sees a woman's breast, he's like "gaga, ga, ga, mama, me want, me want," and of course, he goes after her. And like he falls into the lava, and the two of them escape easily.
1: Yes, yes.
0: So they so then once uh, once Austin and Felicity find out that Doctor Evil is on the moon, they're like, "Well, we have to go to the moon now." And so they're they're able to catch a ride through NASA and uh, take a rocket ship to the moon. And Fred Willard is uh, one of the people at NASA saying, "Oh, three, 2, one, lift off." He's literally in the movie for like a second, and that's all. Yeah. The, he has like one line, and then the you but, see it for a minute.
1: But it, was, it was so nice to see Fred Willard, particularly because I wasn't expecting it, and I I really like that uh, he's been in in the movies we've been watching uh, two weeks running now. So
0: right, R.I.P. Fred Willard. Yes. he is no longer with us.
1: Unfortunately, not. No. Yeah. Right. But
0: All right, So uh, yeah. So now uh, Austin and Felicity are on the moon. I like, I feel like this might have been taken. Some of this part might have been taken from Moonraker. From uh, the uh, the old yeah, James
1: I think a bit of Moonraker in there. They're you know they're there and they're in their little spacesuits. They got their little yeah, and they they have a fight with the henchmen, and yeah. Austin fights with Mini Me and and he and Mini Me like crawls inside of Austin's suit and then uh, Austin like manages to eject Mini Me out and it makes it look like Austin's pooping out Mini Me. Uh, it makes sense in context, people, I swear.
0: Yeah, and, yeah, basically, yeah, basically there's this whole fight scene where Austin is fighting Mini-Me and like, Minnie me bites his nuts. And like Austin is like, it literally looks like he's fighting a toddler. Like he's yeah. beating up a small child. And I like
1: they, they would just occasionally cut to Mike Myers just beating the crap out of a dummy. And it's obviously a dummy, but it's just kind of hilarious. And they, they cut it skillfully enough with the real actor, uh, with Vern Troyer, that it, it really does... Does look like Mike Myers is beating the hell out of Vern Troyer, very much so.
0: So, uh, so then get into a big scrap,
1: and uh,
0: I think Mini Me rips a hole into Austin's space suit, and he's, and then uh, Mini Me able to crawl into the suit, and he's like beating up Austin like in the suit. You yep. see, like little, you see his little legs stick out and kick him in the face and everything, but then Austin is able to take himself to the bathroom and like kind of. Poop out, mini Me, in the in the commode, <laughs> and and then you see mini Me. Thank kind of
1: God up. they did that because I mean there was one thing this movie was lacking. It was poop jokes. There's a lot of poop jokes. <laughs> it's a lot of poop jokes. So many poop jokes. Like 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 I'm no
0: prude. Like you know poop is funny. I'm hey farts are funny. I'm I'm a cool. I'm hip. But it's just.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Macarena.
0: <laughs> Sorry, but yeah, this is there's a, lo- there's a lot of heavy poop in this movie. I was like, Jesus Christ, yeah, yeah.
1: they they go to that well quite a bit. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, so then what well, what happens is like Austin uh, strips off the spacesuit. He's in like a like a onesie, like a space jumper, like a what's the yes. word of, over coveralls, I guess.
1: And yeah. he goes to fly- kind of like, a, like a like a racing outfit, like what you wear in a pit crew or something like that. Yes.
0: And then, of course, he goes to find Dr. Evil. Uh, he sees that Dr. Evil has captured Felicity Shagwell. And then he's like, oh, are you going to stop me, or are you going to save the woman you love? And then he presses a button. Uh, gas fills in up in, in the room that Felicity is captured in. And, um, it, it, you know, basically Felicity dies, and he Austin goes to try to stop Dr. Evil. Uh, you know, they have like a, a big chase scene. And then mm-hmm. Dr. Abel is like, "Well, if you remember, there's a, a time machine still in my headquarters. You can go back and save the woman you love, or you could stop me. You can't do both." So, of course, <laughs> exactly. And then, of course, that's when Austin decides to run back to the time machine, goes back ten minutes in time to mm-hmm. save As Felicity. You As you do. So then, at the point, at that point, then there are two Austins because it's. The Austin from ten minutes ago, and then there's the Austin from ten minutes, you know, that or the the Austin that's present Austin, right? And of course,
1: but there's we're still in 1969, so yeah, it's it's complicated, you guys. But anyway, the two. Uh, Are able to team up like what the, the first Austin defeats Doctor Evil, and then the second Austin, who went back in time from ten minutes in the future, he is able to save Felicity, and and uh, you know once again true love wins out.
0: Yeah, but I I don't think because I think at that point uh, Doctor Evil like actually still has his um, Austin's mojo, but he like smashes it on the ground. He's not able to save it.
1: And then yeah, he, he throws the mojo in the air, the little liquefied vial of the, the, the vial of the liquefied mojo, and then the two Austens go for it at the same time, but they, they bump into each other and then the mojo crashes to the ground and we see we see it just sort of dissolve and disintegrate and little male symbols are fading in the air. Yeah, yeah, baby. So. And uh but then that's when Felicity is like, Oh,
0: you never needed it, you've always had it in you. You know, like mm-hmm. uh like Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz type of
1: thing. And yeah. uh and she's very sweet she's like look you you've got your mojo you've had it all along you've you've saved the day you've defeated the bad guy and you're definitely going to get the girl so you you've got it you you didn't need that mojo you you have mojo your mojo yeah. is inside of you yeah that's a thing i've noticed like throughout this whole movie
0: like he said oh my mojo's gone but he never acted like he never had his mo- like he seemed to have his mojo throughout throughout the whole thing like he was never no
1: true i mean he's still he's still like very cocky he's still making all the sexual innuendos he's still like competently doing all this stuff throughout the movie about the only thing he can't do is uh have sex apparently yeah he's got the he's got the limp wing (laughs) yeah i guess so i guess so yeah they could have done a little more with that like maybe he wasn't as good of a spy without his mojo or he didn't or or even just because he didn't have the same sort of confidence yeah they could have done a little more with that i agree yeah, he seemed totally fine. It was like, you sh- there's no, there's no, ab- there doesn't seem to be any absence
0: of mojo. So, like, what are we doing here?
1: There's all sorts of mojo stuff going on throughout. And, uh, yeah, I think they lied to us. Oh, dear. Oh, You're I telling me this movie's a lie? Oh. Yeah, this movie based on a lie.
0: Oh, dear. All right, so, um, so of course, the, um, the moon unit that they're in, the moon unit Zappa, which is another joke they make. Uh, it, it, it looks like it's about to blow The whole place is about to blow up. Uh, Dark Evil makes his escape, and uh, they get out of there, and they, they've saved the day. And um, Yeah. Oh, and uh, so basically, and also I think at this point, I believe it's at this point where Austin's like, you should come back to 1969 with me. You know, because we're in love. Yeah. 1999. Oh, right. Yeah. 1999 with me, because, you know, it's a, it's a groovy time, because, you know, in the 70s and 80s, are not worth... Looking at because it's basically there's like a gas shortage and a flock of seagulls. That's pretty much it of the 70s and 80s. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That's uh, yeah. And uh, he convinces Felicity to go back to 1999 with him, which is a groovy time.
1: Yeah, yeah, and they they get back and and they're they're having a time of it. And uh, then we see we see Fat Bastard. He makes like one last attempt on Austin's life again in, in the tradition of the James Bond movies like they've done this a few times where they like we think all the bad guys are defeated but like one of the henchmen got away and they make one last attempt on Bond's life and so we get a little bit of action in at the at the very end of the movie and uh, you know that, that's kind of fun and and uh uh Fat Bastard has a bit of a breakthrough he he realizes that you know his his eating is compensating for his his deep unhappiness and yeah. uh and he, he decides to turn over a new leaf. Right. I'm
0: unhappy because I can't stop eating. And I can't stop eating because I'm unhappy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, it really
0: goes into like a lifetime, like, original movie
1: moment there for a bit. It kind of does. Kind of does. Um, yeah. What do you think of the character of Fat Pastor? We haven't talked about what we I think don't. of him too much.
0: I mean, he's not much of a character. Really. I mean, he's just, like, he's a huge, gross, you know, overweight Scottish person. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I remember at the time when the movie came out, people loved doing that voice, like, saying, oh, I'm going to eat you. Get in my belly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, but, yeah, there's not much to him, really. He's just, like, just, you know, grossly overweight and, you know, a lot of fat jokes and poop jokes. Uh, the
1: Scottish accent's
0: cool. Yeah.
1: Good accent, good accent. You can always count on Mike Myers to do a nice Scottish accent. But yeah, I can see why Minnie Me was the breakout character from this movie rather than Fat Bastard. Yeah. Because, you know, also Fat Bastard, he's he's just kind of gross. There's a lot of gross stuff. And yeah, Mini-Me, it's like Yeah.
0: Yeah, is adorable. And but yeah, Fat Bastard, like I think he's a little it's he's so gross that it's like off
1: putting, or it's just like Yeah, oh. it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot to take. Yeah, a little fat bastard goes a long way. Yeah, indeed. And uh, yeah, and that's the
0: movie. Like, uh, I believe uh, Felicity kicks him in the in the balls. Uh, he kicks Fat yeah. Bastard in the balls, or, or the mommy daddy button, as he calls it. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and, and uh, you know all's well. It ends well, and and we find out, uh, of course, that Doctor Evil survived to fight another day, and he's he's. In space, and that the, the Wang uh, spaceship even picks up the uh, mini me because they were like, "Well, we got a hit character here, and we're going to p- want to put him in the next sequel." Fat bastard, not so much. You're fat bastard. You're good. You just sit back down. Uh, yeah, I'll get. Well, no, no, don't call us. We'll call you. Yes, we'll call exactly. you, fat bastard. Yeah, but,
0: I mean, uh, like if you watch this movie, like I know I'm, I'm pretty sure I said it before in the last episode, but I Doctor Evil is just a funnier, more. Developed character than Austin Powers, I think. I think he's like a funny. I don't know. There's something about him.
1: He, he can play a lot more notes than Austin can. Yeah, there's there's more versatile stuff there. I mean, he you know he's got the relationship with his son. He's got the his incompetent evil stuff. He's got the Frau for Business stuff. The number two stuff. He he can relate to a lot more characters and right. Yeah, yeah, and it's a cooler character, I think. Yeah, and now he has the mini me connection,
0: where yeah. like. There was that, that one scene where uh Minnie Me put like a skunk in Scott's bed because like Minnie Me and Scott have a very contentious relationship. Yes. And so uh what was it? Like uh, Scott was like, See see that little maniac did he put a skunk in my bed and then Dr. Evil pretends to be mad at Minnie Me but he's not. It's like, oh I can't be mad at him. Look at that little punum. Yeah, yeah. Which that line made a lot of my Jewish friends laugh out loud.
1: It, it, it's cute. You don't expect uh, Dr. Evil to be breaking out the Yiddish. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. That's pretty much the movie. Then after that, we have some post credit scenes where mm-hmm. uh, Scott evil is back on Jerry Springer. And of course he, that's where he learns that Frau Farbissena is actually his mom. Uh, mm-hmm. Jerry Springer has one of his final thoughts. Yes. <laughs> um, which was the thing he did on his show. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, then we, um, then we did another scene where a month later, Austin Powers comes home and he finds Felicity Shagwell in bed with another man. But that other man is him from 10 minutes ago. So it's like not really cheating.
1: Right. And uh, presumably uh, Felicity and the two Austins, they have a big, gigantic three-way. And uh, yeah, and more power to them, I say. Uh, yeah, That I don't know. I still think that'd be kind of weird to have a
0: three-way with myself. That's... I'm not ready for that.
1: Yeah, I don't think that's... That's not really on the top of the list of sexual experiences I like to have. I mean, I I feel like having just one of me there is is enough, you know? Yeah. One of me to... do really need more of me there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: One of me to say I'm sorry and keep apologizing is enough
1: exactly (laughs) exactly no i don't need two of me being inadequate and disappointing no who needs that (laughs) (laughs) absolutely absolutely uh this ended on an odd note um (laughs) it did we we both discovered that we don't want to have sex with ourselves so okay (laughs) (laughs) okay uh so anything to plug um you know, you know what actually i do i have uh, i have a couple things to plug um of course you know we're not doing live stand-up anymore but uh or right now i should say but i did uh, guest on another uh podcast this week on my friend uh our friend ray gutts's uh podcast he does a podcast about disney movies and he uh covered the movie tarzan this week oh far out yeah, so we talked all about the Disney 1999 movie Tarzan because apparently that's what I do now. I just talk about movies from from 1999. That's you found your niche. Yeah. Yeah. And it's uh, it's uh Goots's Disney Pod. Uh, it's a weekly show where he covers a different Disney movie each week and he invited me to do uh the the episode about Tarzan. So that that just dropped a couple days ago and it's it's a lot of fun. Okay, well, I look forward to listening to
0: that and other uh, podcasts where you talk about ninety nine movies, nineteen
1: ninety nine. And Green- also, uh, a, a book that I'm in that I have a piece in uh, just came out this week. Uh, it's a book called uh, From Bayou to Abyss, uh, examining John Constantine, Hellblazer, and uh, it's all about the the character of, of John Constantine, uh, who's who's a Famous comic book character. If you if you read Vertigo comics in the '90s, see, I brought it back to the '90s. Okay. <laughs> and I wrote a, a piece in there about uh, about his history, and uh, that's that's a lot of fun. Pick it up. There are a lot of good people in that, and it's on Amazon. Uh, just look it up from Bayou to Abyss. So. All right,
0: far out. I'll give it a. I'll give it See, That sounds fantastic. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't. I'm. I'm not talking about any nine 1999 movies and only podcast. But if you want to follow me on Twitter and Instagram, you can follow me at DarrenCredible. That's D A R I N Credible.
1: Cool, cool. And you can follow me on uh, Twitter and on Instagram at TrumbleComic, at T R U M B U L L, and then the word comic. And uh, you can follow the show page at SNL Nerds Show. And uh, you know, just uh, let us know what you thought of this episode. What what you want us to do for future episodes? We're always looking for ideas and and stuff. But we got we got some fun stuff in the works for upcoming episodes of the show. We got some good stuff cooking, people. It's it's gonna it's gonna wet your whistle. Yeah. Do we want to say what we're doing next week? Uh, sure. Let's go for it. Why not? What the hey? Okay. Okay. Well, you you go ahead. and...
0: Okay, uh yeah, next weekend, uh we've talked about it, we've thought about it, we've uh we've crunched the numbers, we've we've talked to the people, and I think we're going to do it, folks. We're going to do an episode on Walk Hard: The Dewey Cox
1: Story. Woo! Yes. <laughs> Available on Netflix. We we have been needing more Cox on this podcast for a long long time. Uh you know, the people have been clamoring, like, more cocks. Give us more cocks. We can't get enough cocks. <laughs> Just shoving all, that, all those cocks. We, we want that Dewey cocks all over us. And so we are, we are giving the people what they want. We are giving them the Dewey cocks that they so crave. Jesus Christ. <laughs> no Dewey cocks. Dewey Cox. People, people yeah. make that mistake a lot, but no, it's Dewey Cox. Okay.
0: Uh, yeah, uh, Dewey, yeah, uh, movie came out in uh, 2007, I believe. I remember seeing it in the theater, and uh, I think it. Um, it's one of those movies that when it came out, didn't do great, but, you know, through time, it's kind of gained a cult
1: following. People are starting to realize how great this movie is. It still deserves some more love, though. It uh, It is a great movie, and... and People, I don't know why it didn't do better than it did. I Maybe it was a bad ad campaign. I don't know. But it's a hilarious movie, and I'm really looking forward to us uh, revisiting it for the podcast. Absolutely. Oh, actually, you know what? Uh, if we have a little bit more time, I remember you mentioning
0: that uh, this movie, Awesome Power Spy Shag Me, was under different titles in different countries.
1: Oh, yes. yes. Thank you for reminding me. Okay. Okay. This is fun. Okay. So, um, as we said, you, the Spy Shag Me. Kind of a risque title, and it didn't necessarily fly with every country. So um, so apparently the Norwegian title of the movie is Splonin Spam Spermit Meg, which is a slightly dirtier way of saying the spy who ejaculated on me. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so the <laughs> movie was marketed under that title. Um, in South Korea, It was released in South Korea in 1999, but the first Austin Powers movie had never been shown in theaters and was only available on illegal videotapes under the title Incorrigible 007. In order to explain the characters and setting to the audience, the distributor attached Madonna's music video for Beautiful Stranger in front of the theatrical print and summarized the plot of Austin Powers' international man of mystery in on-screen subtitles during the music video. Uh, the first Austin Powers was eventually released to South Korean theaters for the first time in 2000 under the title Austin Powers Zero. That doesn't uh, sound complicated at all. Yeah, that um, doesn't. What? That doesn't make any sense. Uh, yeah, there's there's a little there's a little more. Hang on a second. I, they don't have all the. Uh, okay, in Croatia, the film's title translates as "The Spy Who Groped Me." In Brazil, it's "The Spy Good in Bed." In conservative China, it's The Spy Who Liked Me A Lot. (laughs) Are you serious? Uh, Well, I mean, again, this is the IMDb trivia page. Anybody can put something up there, so take it with a grain of salt. But if that is true, that is hilarious. Um, The Spy Who Enjoyed My Company. uh, It says, Singapore briefly forced a title change to The Spy Who Shoiked Me. Uh, and shoit means treated nicely. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. This so... Um, yeah. And apparently there was a similar thing in Malaysia. It says they, they changed movie titles to make them more appropriate. They titled this Austin Powers, The Spy Who Behaved Very Nicely Around Me. <laughs> <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> kind of missing the point, but... Uh... <laughs> kind of. But, uh, you know, hey, that's... uh. So the international world that we live in. Um, oh boy. <laughs> um, there was a, there was one other little uh, funny bit of trivia uh, related to the title. In the original script, the title reads Austin Powers to The Wrath of Khan, referencing the second Star Trek movie. The narrator then talks about this title and eventually says that due to a lawsuit, the movie will be re- renamed to Austin Pussy, like Octopussy. The narrator- Got it then says that the title needs to be changed again in order to obtain a PG13 the title the spy who shagged me is then displayed so all right uh wow this is uh, this has been eye opening yeah yeah so so i mean what did, what did you think of this movie ultimately did, did does, does it stand up to the first movie is the first movie better is this better than the first movie what do you think um I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it's better. Like I thought okay. uh, I think so. Yeah.
0: I mean it's I mean yes there are a lot more it's a lot more product placement and mm-hmm. a lot more jokes that were only funny in that time frame, like, you know, the Chili's mm-hmm. and uh Jerry Springer and everything like that. But I mean for the most part I got I got a kick out of it and had uh some pretty clever jokes like um uh, what was it like? Uh, like uh, uh, Muf- Mufasa, the Will Ferrell part I thought was pretty clever, and the uh, mm-hmm. that whole thing about like how the spaceship looks like a, th- uh, a penis, but like you know, there were just ch- coming up with different names for it, like Woody and whatnot. Um, yeah, overall, like over like overall, I found it a little bit more enjoyable, and even in the beginning, and in the in the Basil, of course, it's like, don't overthink this, just go along for the ride and have fun, and. If you do that, you'll you'll find this uh, a pretty pleasant, enjoyable, uh, little fun little movie.
1: I I think I'm going to have to uh, disagree with you there. I think I like the first one a little bit better. I think overall it's a funnier movie, you know. And you got the you got the the thrill of the new, you know. Um, oh, okay. So this one, by necessity, it had to repeat a few things from the first one, and yeah, like all all the all the poop and all the scatological stuff, it, it took it down a little bit me. And also, I don't, I don't think that Heather Graham was as good as uh, Elizabeth Hurley. So, yeah, no, I'll, I'll go with you there. But it's, at the same time, the whole—I mean, the
0: the introduction of Minnie Me is it kind of mm-hmm. bumps it up a little bit for me. And like the relationship Minnie Me and Doctor Evil had, and I think they they made like Doctor Evil like a lot more funnier in this one too, and gave him like a lot more stuff to do.
1: That's true. They did expand the character of Doctor Evil a bit more because he was he was kind of a break from the first one, so. Yeah, Uh, it's an enjoyable movie, but I think I still like the first one a little bit better. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I I will admit this one's a lot more gross out than the first one. So,
0: like, if you really don't like gross out stuff, this will take it down a few pegs. Yep.
1: Yep. But uh, if you want to watch it, uh, don't go to Netflix, because Netflix took it away. because (laughs) That we were going to watch this episode and uh, this movie and... uh, the time it came to do the episode, so I discovered this last night. I was like, "Oh, it's no longer on Netflix." Crap. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. So I had from Amazon Prime, so uh, Amazon Prime now has four twenty-five of my money that they didn't have before. You're welcome, Amazon Prime. <laughs> yep. So, but uh, hey, I'm glad I was able to watch it uh, somehow. So thanks, yeah. Amazon. Prime. They
0: use- yeah, they could use your money. They're really struggling
1: right now. I know, I know. Yeah, it's a tough time for Amazon. Won't someone please think of the multi-million dollar corporations? Yes. This little mom-and-pop operation needs your your help. Yep. All right, anyway. I, th- I think we have talked long enough. So, anything else you want to say before we sign off? Nope. Okay. All right, well, please join us next week for Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. And until then...